0: speaking on Psalm 100, and uh, I asked them that uh, at the end of the sermon, hopefully I'll time it correctly, that um, they'll come back and sing the first song uh, that we let out today in worship. And it goes along with this whole theme of Psalm 100. And I'm speaking about God-awareness. Now, God-awareness is um, recognizing that God is with us all the time, And that there there's more to just more to this than just saying well I know that God is with me so we'll try and and we'll endeavor then to put all this together to recognize what the psalmist is trying to say here in Psalm 100 and I'm reading from the uh, message Bible in Psalm 100 verse 1 through 5 on your feet now (laughs) I thought everybody would stand up on your feet now applaud God Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. Seems like a a redundant statement, but we'll talk about that. He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. Wow. God awareness. Do you like that? On your feet now. Applaud God. (laughs) Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Does that sound like church? It sounds like what we, you know, if we look at these things and we begin to think about awareness, sometimes, you know, most of Many times the subject is uh, approached from the the idea of self-awareness. And self-awareness isn't a bad thing. Self-awareness is is a good thing. Now, if we were going to do a a study on self-awareness, we would look at um, our understanding of ourselves, kind of an understanding of who you are, what are, what are your personality traits? What are your strengths and your weaknesses? What are your life experiences? What are your attitudes? How often do they change? What are you happy about? What are you sad about? What would you like to happen? What would you strongly not like to happen? What are your feelings, your actions, your plans? So self-awareness then would be kind of this study of uh, what you're made of unearthing, as it were, the uh, source of your identity, your family, going through your family tree, your family of origin, your family legacy, your significant personal experiences. So self-awareness would encompass that and perhaps more than just, well, what do you feel like today? So this is not necessarily an easy thing, but sometimes it can be... um, made a little simpler if we look at how that our self-awareness is um um related to our experiences and how we deal with life i remember um, a number of years ago i was involved with the ornish program at the hospital and the ornish program is a heart disease reversal program and it was beg- uh begun by dr dean ornish and we went to california we had a kind we had purchased or tried to purchase the franchise for the Ornish program here at Wimber Hospital. And uh, while we were in the process uh, process of making it part of the hospital Blue Cross uh, Blue Shield brought it out and we ended up being with them. Hi Mark. So anyhow we went to California and we went there for a week to San Francisco and you got to stay in a hotel and whatever. But we had to do this, go through this training and I was going to be a facilitator a group facilitator which you would set in a group now we, one of the main distinctions was that you were not going to be um, a therapist or a counselor the idea of reversing heart disease uh, by dr ornish was that people need to be in touch with themselves and with their emotions and that he had four components he had the idea of uh, diet relaxation um, diet, relaxation, group support. I think there was three of them. I thought there was four. Exercise. <laughs> I forgot that one. Imagine that. <laughs> diet, exercise, relaxation, and group support. Forgot exercise. Okay. But group support was the main component. And the main component of group was not, like I said, group therapy, but a recognition of how that you were able to relate to your emotions and your experiences and putting them together. So during this, I I remember this because they made a guinea pig out of me. (laughs) No pun intended. Uh, They made an example, there we go, made an example out out of myself because we were in this group, all the people who were going to be group facilitators were in this uh, in this group and there were about 12 of us. And the facilitator started off, he said, now what do you feel uh, as is important for being in this program? And he pointed to me, and you know, I was the first one. And I started off, Well, I think that it would be a great opportunity. And he says, That's wrong. I goes, What do you mean it's wrong? I think that this would be a great opportunity to help people. Now, what's wrong with that statement? I think. Not I, I think. Thinking is not an emotion. I feel that this would be an important um, asset to myself and to other people. That's a feeling. And a feeling and a thought are two different things. So self-awareness is not only knowing how you think, but how that what you are feeling is connected to the event that takes place in your life. God-awareness is understanding how that God is connected with every event in our life so God is aware and we are aware of God's connection with us now we have different thoughts and we have different emotions and and we try to put them in the the context of our our experiences and we put them in you know as we look at our day what was today a good day or a bad day well it generally we would generally put it in the concept of what happens what happens to me today makes it a good day or a bad day. Well, that's not true. How you respond to what happens today makes it a good day or a bad day. It isn't what happens to you, it's how we respond to it. And we often are caught up in our um, thinking that if bad things happen, it's a bad day. If something doesn't go the way I want, it's a bad day. If if I don't get what I want out of this day, it's a bad day. And that's our thinking, our seemingly logical process of self wanting personal gratification. And if I get all the gratification that I can possibly have, I'll be a happy person. <laughs> Hello? Does that happen? No. You can be emotionally and whatever gratified to the highest degree, and you're still not going to be a happy person, because it's how we interpret those things and how we make application of those things to our life. So, do you ever hear someone say, you know, and when when we talk about connection, connecting, that the connection is made on an emotional level, and in group we always we would always do this, that. You had to come up with a feeling word, okay, a word that described your feelings. I feel happy. I feel sad. And I always, like some individuals, they say, I don't feel anything. <laughs> and every week they show, I don't, I don't feel anything. You know, it's like, come on, you know, no wonder you have heart disease. You're almost dead now. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> The idea is that we feel things, we have, an under, we have an emotional response to things, whether we know it or not. I remember, this is a true story, Now I heard somebody on TV quote this, and, and, or use this, and I, I said he must have heard it from me. I remember when I was counseling um, years ago, there was this older couple came in, and, and you know he was a farmer, and he had horses. And his wife, they came in for counseling, marital counseling. And, uh, and the lady was telling, you know, went on with her story about how that her husband loves the horses more than him or her and that, um, that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't appreciate her, he doesn't love her, he doesn't this and he doesn't that, and on and on and on. She went for about 20 minutes. And he could just see his face was getting red and the veins were starting to bulge. And finally he said, Woman, I told you 50 years ago I loved you and if it changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> he wasn't very good at expressing his emotions. <laughs> and, you know, most of us are, have, have difficulty saying what we feel. And sometimes we allow our negative emotions to be expressed without our positive emotions being expressed. But we always have an emotional response to each of our situations and sometimes we don't recognize them but they're there you know and sometimes whenever people are connecting you know if we we tell our story you know I'm having a bad day and somebody comes along and says well you know if I had it as good as you I'd never be sad do you think that's a connecting statement <laughs> no um, if you know if I had what you have I wouldn't be sad well it isn't that we don't have, it's our perceptions and our understandings of these things. If I had your relationship with God, if you had my relationship with God, I remember um, there was a couple that we had in, in one church. Um, they were a younger couple, and this was, this was, you know, so that was 35 years ago, so they're not young anymore. But uh, they, they came to me and they said, well, you know, Pastor, if God answered my prayers the way He answered yours, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, in such bad shape, because you're a preacher and God always answers your prayers. He doesn't answer mine. <laughs> Hello, it's not that way. See, our life isn't based upon um, our experiences. Our life is exper- is based upon our responses to our experiences. Our response to what, you know, with the Olympics coming on, you know, and, and they're starting to tell the stories behind the Olympians and how many of them, um, like the one from Ireland last night, he, he competed on the floor exercise and, he, and they said he would not, he wasn't good enough to continue, but they talked about how that as a child he had a tumor on his leg, a cancerous tumor, and they cut it off and they said he would never walk again. Uh, he had another injury and then he had another brain injury and they said he would never be able he wouldn't be he wouldn't he lost his all sense of balance and there he is performing at the Olympics and they had all these things that were not that that said he couldn't be so it isn't what happened to him it was how he responded to those things that made him who he is so self-awareness is An emotional understanding a mental understanding a cognitive understanding a physical it's a it's a response of our total person well God awareness is the Bible is God's story of connecting with us the Bible is God's story of connecting with us it is a God awareness that we are putting together that from the scriptures and from the story that God is presenting God connecting. He's telling us how we are His. If we go back to Genesis and creation, we have the original intent. God created us to walk with Him. That's the original intent. But what happened was, we decided we could do it on our own better by breaking God's commands. And next thing we know, we're in separation from God. But God initiated redemption, which is God initiated a plan whereby we could be brought back into a relationship with him. God initiated redemption. God put together a contract, a covenant, an agreement that if we understand and apply it to our lives, it it is where God is going to work in us. And the New Testament is full of how that God is at work in us and how this agreement is working. So people who are connectors then see the world differently. People who understand that the world that we live in has a way of bringing good and evil. The, The scripture says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We think of that scripture as some days it's a rainy day and it's a bad day. And uh, some days the sun is shining and it's a good day. But you know, in a desert community, rain is a blessing. The blessings of God fall upon the good and the bad. (laughs) John 3.17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. God isn't about the condemning. He isn't isn't a condemning, condemnation-oriented God. James 5, 9 says, Do not grudge, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Don't be a grumbler and a complainer. Don't look at the things that are disturbing. Friends, don't complain about each other. (laughs) Does anybody need any toe operations now? <laughs> stepping on your toes. <laughs> it not Glenda has all these problems, just stepped on her toes? No, it isn't that at all. It was Ken's fault, and he's not here, so I can blame Ken for stepping on her toes and breaking her toes and whatever. So, but the idea is that grumbling and complaining is not connecting. It's not connecting with God. It's not connecting with ourselves, and it's not connecting with others so let it go. Connecting is finding a need and allowing and giving yourself permission to work with it. It's not, you sit down, let me do it for you. Connecting is working, partnering, being part of a group, part of a team, part of the family of God. Um, So we look at this, and Psalm 100 begins with this statement, okay? We've spoken about connectors We've spoken about how that there is this awareness that we are to have. Awareness about ourselves and awareness about God. Now let's look at the awareness of God. Our awareness of God. The psalmist says, what's he say in in Psalm 100 verse 1? Is it up there? Do you have it in the Message Bible? What's he say? On your feet now. (laughs) Get up on your feet. So the psalmist is saying, stand up and get ready to go. Get ready to go where? Well, he tells us where he wants us to go. Don't just sit there, get up. You know, it's like sitting in the parking lot and turning your car on and turning the steering wheel and forgetting to put it in drive. (laughs) Or like some trying to find out where Some of you were in my car and couldn't get it in park. Or was that Glinda's car? And Beth's not even here to pick on. <laughs> yeah. So r- they were trying to get Rhonda's car, or Rhonda's car, uh, trying to get the doors to lock or something, but they forgot to put it in park. It wouldn't turn off. It wouldn't turn off. Oh, that was it. The car was running. They couldn't get it to turn off. Well, you needed to put it in park before you could turn it off. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Yeah. So... Um, the psalmist is saying, stand up and get started. Okay? Where are we going? We're going into God's presence. How do we get into presence into God's presence? Stand up and applaud God. <laughs> stand up and applaud God. Well, what did He do? <laughs> hmm. You see, we already know what He's done, He's redeemed us. He's never left us nor forsaken us. He's given us strength for the day. He's, you know, he's given us a plan for our life. So we begin not by looking at what's going on. We begin by looking at who God is. Applaud God. Let's just applaud God for his goodness and his love and his mercy. Stand up and let's give him this praise. Isaiah 43 was part of our uh, Sunday school lesson this morning. And it says... But now, God's message. The God who made you in the first place. See, we've got got to put a lot of things in order. Self-awareness. How many know your family tree? Okay. Your family tree. How many have people in your past, in your past, in your family, that are hanging from your family tree? (laughs) You know, they're not very good. (laughs) I know my family. My brother... My brother knows our history of our family. And uh, I know I've told you a story before, but maybe someone didn't hear it. Um, We have this, there's this lady, there's this lady in our family tree that she's buried in the cemetery up near Frostburg where my dad and mom are. But when we were growing up, my mother wouldn't talk about the one lady who was part of our family tree because she was never married and she had five, at least five, seven. I don't know she had five or seven kids to all to different individuals and she was never married and my mom wouldn't talk about her <laughs> well I said mom look at what happened in our family tree when God came into our family before God in our family you know if you if you know, I and I've said this, if you look at the uh, the, the lady the girls the the daughters my brother's daughters, and my daughter Rachel, (laughs) my brother Bill's daughter, they are very stubborn, no, strong-willed, independent persons. (laughs) They're strong-willed, independent persons. And I think, and this is is me, but I think they are related to that lady. in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s, turn of the century, they're related to her because she, you know, at that time period, if you had a child, you know, out of wedlock, you know, you were ostracized. She had five or seven of them, and she didn't care. Why? Because she was a strong-willed, independent person that wasn't going to conform to what people wanted her to do because she was just that individual, and that genetic thing is in each of our ladies <laughs> of, our, of our daughters but they know God you know, so they've changed but God's message the God who made you in the first place we know our we know our family history but God we need to be aware of God's family history you see we know our family history our family tree and you know we have some people hanging from it you know we have some people who are really outstanding individuals, and we have some people that God hung for being outstanding. <laughs> you know, we all have them. Being aware of God is being aware of who He is. God awareness. Verse one, but now God's message in Isaiah 43 the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. Don't be afraid. We talked about this in Sunday school. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of life. God is the one who initiates, initiated this whole thing in your life. We've got people who went off course, but that's not, we don't need to talk about all the things that went wrong. We talk about the God who enables us to be right to be right with him, to be right with ourselves, and that God has a plan for our life. I can't go back and fix all the mistakes in our family tree. Can't do it. But I can allow God to help me, through the promises, become the child that he wants me to be. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who redeemed you. I'm the one who purchased you back from all of that failure. I paid the price so that the failures of your past no longer influence Your present life. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. And guess what? You're mine. That's what God says. When you're in over your head, I'll be with you. When you're in rough waters, when you think you're going to drown, don't worry. You will not go down. Why? Because I've redeemed you. You're mine. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. See, God awareness is that when I'm in over my head and I think I'm drowning, I need to be aware God is with me and I'm not my own. I belong to him. I'm not going to drown. When I'm between a rock and a hard place, I need, I, I, I need to be aware God is telling me this is not a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God. (laughs) I am God, I am your personal God. I'm the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. I bought you with my own blood. Shed upon the cross. God awareness. God is with me. That is how much you mean to me. The verse goes on. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. God purchased us. That's what you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Scripture also says, if a man gains the whole world and loses his own soul, what good is it? God, in Isaiah, the prophet says here, God would give the whole world. The whole world is not worth the value of your soul, of you as a person. And that's what God is placing on us. So, our awareness, our God awareness, is that God is with us. So, connect with God. God awareness. On your feet, applaud God. See, now we're having an understanding of why we're supposed to stand up and applaud God. Bring the gift of laughter. You need to smile a little bit, laugh a little bit. Sing yourself into his presence. Well, I won't sing here, but, you know, sing yourself into his presence. So, I know I have to hurry, but I'm, you know. I was thinking of this. Let's go a thousand years into the future. A thousand years. Where are you going to be? Well, you know, according to Scripture, if I confess my sins... God has saved me a thousand years from now, I'm going to be in heaven. And as I am in heaven a thousand years from now, looking back, what now is going to be really that important? A thousand years from now, looking back, I'm in heaven. Death is overcome, eternal life is mine. God is the beginning and the end, He's the author and the finisher of faith. You know, heaven is my home. Wimber was just a temporary place so I look back over my life and what is there now that is really that important to get upset over I need to be aware of God his presence in my future and his presence in my my present life God awareness is that God is going to take care of me you know Death is conquered. Evil is cast into the lake of fire. I mean, what is there that I should be upset about? Jeremiah 32, 27, is there anything too hard for God? Or how about Romans 8, 31 to 39? So, what do you think? With God on your side like this, how can we lose? If God doesn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition see my awareness of god is he embraces me in everything that i am my weakness he gets the whole package you got the good and the bad and the ugly you got it all god and god embraces us he embraces us why because his spirit and his word will change us into his image God embraces our condition, exposing himself to the worst by sending his son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly do and freely do for us? He wants us to be happy and come into his presence applauding with laughter because of what he has done for us. And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen You know, a thousand years from now, I'm going to see how God just, you know, speaks and the world's come into existence. I'm going to understand completely how the God destroys evil. And I I can't see all of that now, but I understand his word. And so my awareness of God's love for me is my security. Who's going to mess with one of God's chosen? Guess what? I'm one of his chosen. So are you. Why? Because he called you by name and we've responded. Who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? This is the fine print of the contract. This is the fine print of the covenant that God has made with us that nothing shall separate you from the love of God. My awareness of God. There is no way, no trouble, no hard times, no hatred, no hunger, no homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. When you think you're going to be in the water over your head and drowning, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned What's it saying right here? Same thing. No hardship, nothing. You see, they kill us in cold blood because they hate God. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us. Because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living, nor dead, nor angelic, nor demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, is absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. I am aware of the embrace of God on my life, and nothing can break that embrace or love. So mess, the Message Bible, verse 3, says, know this, God is God. King James verse says, know that the Lord is God. God is God. He is that he is. I am that I am. There is I and there is no other. That's what God is saying in those verses. God is self-existent and self-sufficient. He is the fountain of life. He is God and not man as we are. God is an eternal spirit, creator and sustainer of all life. My God-awareness is a biblical-based knowledge and emotion. An emotion of love. And understanding knowledge head and heart he loves me (laughs) he is Lord Jehovah he gave us life both he formed us in our bodies in our mother's womb and he gave us his eternal spirit make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands (laughs) stand up and applaud Go to verse 4. Excuse me, verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Meaning that God feeds his sheep us. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter with the password. Thank you. On your feet, applaud God. Bring the gift of laughter. Meaning that I you know, when Jackson, our grandson, comes, it's so, so refreshing to hear him laugh. <laughs> he goes, Oh, Papa, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that's like, oh, Papa, that was funny. You know, I'm glad somebody likes it. And, you know, and that's the whole point. God says, looks at us and it's like he laughs. I mean, we go into his, Oh, Papa, that's funny. Oh, Daddy, that is. Daddy, Daddy. Abba, Father. That's funny. Come up, everyone, the ladies. You're going to come and sing. I want you to sing that verse song again so you can come and get ready. Bring a gift of laughter. Verse 4, the second part of it says, make yourselves at home talking about praise for God. Verse 1, sing yourself into his presence. Verse 4, thank him, worship him. God awareness. Verse 5, King James says, for the Lord is good. The Message Bible, for God is sheer beauty. Have you been with people who just make you think beautiful, pleasurable, happy thoughts? That's God. They're always finding something to appreciate. That's God in us. That's God looking at you and I. He wants us to have his outlook. His outlook. Love and appreciation. God awareness is seeing the blessings and the feeling the blessing and being part of the blessing and blessing as many people as you can. Verse 5 His mercy is everlasting. He's all generous in His love. And His truth endures forever. Loyal always to the end. And I'm going to read verse 100 again. Psalm 100 On your feet now Applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God, and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever to us. Hmm. Can we sing it? Stand Let's stand <laughs> and enter his presence with what? An applause. <clears throat> and we'll sing the song 100? <laughs> so, amen. God is good to us, amen? So we enter into his presence, and and, you see, God awareness. God awareness. God awareness is we know his word, and wherever we are, we recognize his presence and his touch upon our lives. Whether we're in the river, we're not going to drown. Whether we're between the rock and the hard place, it's not a dead end. God awareness. He is with us to change us. Amen? Thank you, Lord for your blessings in our life. And we end with an applause to God. (laughs) And a thank you. Thank you for your blessings. Amen? Amen. Amen. Psalm 100, read it. (laughs) Over and over and over again.